All right, let's. Hello, and welcome to the Simp to Pimp podcast. I am your host, Max. With me is a special guest, Alejandro Bonilla, the absolute legend in Ethereum. We have an actual uh, legend in the building today. Teriyaki Poppy online right now. Um, tell me a little bit about yourself, how you got started with the cryptocurrency or, you know, just how you, how it came to fruition with for you. Yeah, man, definitely. So for those that may not know, um, Max and myself definitely went to University of South Florida together um, all the way from 2013 and 2017. I was actually majoring at the time in health sciences. I was trying to become a physical therapist, mainly specialized in sports PT, but I realized that, hey, I don't really want to work with old people if I don't make it to sports. So it's not really for me. It's too slow paced. I like to be on my feet, always thinking and just doing what I do. So crypto kind of spoke to me when I really first heard about it. Um, I had heard about it at the end of the last bull run, which would have been end of 2017, start of 2018. Definitely a very bearish time. Uh, We call it crypto winter because everything pretty much died. And I was just watching people around me. Um, really just, you know, turn nothing into something. And I didn't want to like ape in, that's what we call it, ape in or just come in late, just fall in the hype. Um, so I just stayed patient, just kind of waited. And when I started really working my first job, um, I realized like, yo, man, like if I ever want to retire, if I ever want to do the things that I want to do, I'm not going to be able to get there strictly off a of paycheck. Like I have to invest. So really started like diving deep. It was a week after my 22nd birthday I really started diving deep into investing really understood stocks and playing around with it for about two months and I was like dude why am I sticking to stocks like if I believe in technology and I obviously saw what crypto already did um it's definitely gonna take over so let me go ahead and just dabble and do some research there and at the time Ethereum had went to 1440 when I first heard about it um obviously corrected in that crypto winter period um when I was revisiting this and I was exploring investing and exploring into crypto um, it actually was around like 80, 90 bucks. And I mean, obviously, if you look at the price now, like, that's crazy. But <laughs> I mean, I didn't really go all into crypto then. So I invested in Ethereum at 80, 90 bucks. And for some reason, I don't know, but I had cashed out in February um, 2020. So right before the COVID crash, I kind of just felt like we were at the top of the market. And coincidentally, just a month later, obviously, the COVID crash happened. Everything went down. It was a liquidity crisis event. Stock market had froze for like 15 minutes. I hadn't done that in such a long time. And I was like, all right, man, COVID happened. Here we are. We're on lockdown. A month later, so we're in like April. I'm just seeing everything that's recovering. And honestly, the only things that were recovering were technology. Um, your Apples, your PayPals, your Squares, um, even Wayfair. Um, I know that's a furniture company, but they yeah. do work online. And they had 8X from like 25 um, it's almost $200 in like a month just from immediately. Like, yeah. Yeah. And it was crazy. And I was just like, wow, technology is really taking over. So what's like the next rotation or what's the next evolution of technology? And that's how we got to crypto. And then that's when I really went all into Ethereum. So once we're in that $180, $220 range, uh, we were definitely going sideways and just chopping it up in that range for a while. Um, and that's when I really had let everyone know, like, all right, it's all in. Yeah, this that's when you're like, yeah, man. So that's how it started for me. Obviously, started off in health sciences and the, the healthcare field and just went full degen mode and just went all into crypto and went into the financial side of things. Well, dude, that it obviously paid out for you, man. You uh, you went in and, you know, you've you figured out you became uh, more truthful with yourself. You're, you're like, OK, well, you know what? I want to invest and I want 
you know, to definitely secure myself first, even if like I am like, you know, me and you, obviously we're in the fraternity at USF. We had like very good times and we met some very influential people to our lives and everything, but like, I got to take care of myself first. And this is like, absolutely uh, what I need to dive into right now at this stage of my life. And it's great that I'm just so glad, like the connections we made from then was able to hold off. Like, like you were, you, you told us about this very early $120 for Ethereum and look where it's at right now, dude. It's, it's clearly helped out our lives. And even then, dude, like you can say whatever you want. I was thinking about this earlier. You can like, you know, you can say, oh yeah, I got lucky and I invested, dude, you invested, you still have to hold, you still have to have your balls on you, dude. You still got so many other like, uh, factors going on this isn't this is real time you know this is like happening all around us very like it's very crucial uh you know to becoming you know what you want to be or what like able to take advantage of what's happening in the market seeing in real time like you know this covid crash like all these different factors happening and you're you know still still staying on top it's kind of like it's not just luck at that point bro that's actually i love what you said um so to start off, when you said like, you know, you got to help yourself before you can help others. Like, I truly actually believe that because I can't help you if I can't even help myself. So I got to put myself in a position where I can take some attention away from myself so I can allocate it to someone else that does need it. So that's definitely part of the plan with it. Um, at the end of the day, bro, like this world, life is a circle. And the only way we're ever going to get things done is by working together. Um, so that's also part of what crypto is. It's kind of like a revolution against the current system. And Everything in the world, like not to get conspiracy sided, but we're just meant to be divided. Um, kind of why social media exists. We kind of like hate on others, like oh they got this. We're really just seeing the highlights of people's like best lives, but you don't see the low lights. So no, media is the same way in terms of what goes on TV. Like you have your CNN, you have your Fox News, you got one that's right wing, you got one that's left wing. At the end of the day, bro, they're just dividing us so much further that we're never gonna get anything done together. So that's one thing that crypto does. Um, it's a beautiful community, and now we're expanding with NFTs, with DAOs. It's allowing communities and people with similar interests to come together and really just, you know, build the world into what they want to see fit. Um, obviously, with some, you know, parameters in terms of regulations and whatnot, but honestly, it's just a change for the better. And then, honestly, when you said, like, it's not necessarily luck to get here. I mean, you have to hold on. And there's a lot of volatility that you have to stomach. Um, definitely can echo that. Um People want to say like, you know, those from 2013 that were in Bitcoin, um, that was lucky. Like, no, they were in under a dollar and they're just seeing their money go up, down, up, down, go from a dollar to $20, from $20 yeah. down to $2, from $2 to $100. Like that's a lot, those of runs are- especially if you put everything in, let's say if you took a loan, for example, um, I took a $10,000, not saying me, but let's say I took a $10,000 loan, put it in a Bitcoin at $2. I watched it go to twenty dollars. So wow, I took that ten thousand and made it to a hundred thousand. And now I watched that hundred thousand crash down to thirty-three thousand. Like, yo, your mind is running. Like, and I mean, honestly, like I've seen it honestly within the past eighteen months too. Um, obviously, it was hyping crypto up. If you listen at two twenty ETH, you don't really care where we are today, whether we go up down because you're already sitting so well. Oh yeah. Um, but May, like around the April May area was like we had a a local top. Obviously, over the summer, we had crashed. Um, everyone had just started getting into crypto. Like, they were buying the top. So as it's crashing, they're like, yo, what the heck is this, man? I'm down 
40%, 50%. But if you're investing in the space and you acknowledge that this is a long-term play, you shouldn't necessarily be focused on your money going down. If anything, I looked at as a buying opportunity. So if you were just to stick and be consistent throughout the summer and just keep buying the quality projects, your Solanas, your Ethereum, your Avalanche, you're sitting really good. Um, Terra Luna as well, put that in there. You're sitting really good today. So you just got to be patient. At the end of the day, this is a long-term game. A lot of people believe that trillions of dollars are coming into crypto. I actually believe quadrillions of dollars are coming into crypto as the future expands. So you just got to stay patient because we're not going to get rich or the money that's coming into the market is not coming from myself, you, other just normal people or everyday people. Um, if you combine everyone in the United States and everyone in the world, really, um, we're, our assets in total equal about seven to $10 trillion. If I tell you that quadrillions of dollars are coming into crypto, obviously that's not coming from us. That's coming from your global 1%. That's coming from your big corporations, big governments, the world governments really. So yeah, there's definitely a lot more to come with this space. And when it really takes off, which actually this is a great time that we're doing this interview because it is 2022. Um, this is going to be the biggest year um, for crypto. Absolutely. Oh my God, dude, that is, that's so exciting to hear, especially at a time like this when, you know, you hear all these announcements. Oh, uh, you like not USA, but there there's like, you know, I think the Iranian government, there's a few other governments of the Kenyan government. They're taking these Bitcoin uh, like as like a currency. They're recognizing it as a currency. And there's like less uh, obviously there's there's ones banning it as well. Uh, China and India and stuff. But you can like those market caps are so like if they're as, as soon as they influx those into, you know, these spaces, these cryptocurrency spaces. That's where you get, that's exactly where I'm seeing it could be quadrillions. Absolutely. Especially with the way we're printing money right now is fiat uh, currencies coming uh, to a unfortunate spiral, it seems like. And, Definitely a uh, death spiral. And I would say on, just to add to that, um, there are currently 15,000 plus cryptocurrencies that are out there in the space. Um, I believe in a world sense as year to date, we're around like $2.4 trillion in the total market cap. Um, reason why I say this is going to be like the year for crypto and it's going to be a very big year. Um, there's a lot of regulation coming to the space. Obviously, the most popular legal case going on right now is the government, aka SEC versus XRP and Ripple. Um, and that's going to provide us so much clarity to the space that that's going to be kind of like a case study. Like, all right, this is going to be the new barometer. This is how we're going to match every crypto up. We're going to use this XRP case to give clarity to the whole space. So once they do that, there's not going to be 15,000 plus cryptocurrencies. I can guarantee you that. Um, honestly, 99% of cryptocurrencies will die. So you will, if you just take 99% out of that 15,000, 15, you're going to have roughly around 150 cryptocurrencies. I actually don't even see 150, to be honest. Probably see like a solid top 50 to a top 100. And that's where you're really going to see the capital go. So like I said, you have your Shiba Inus, your Dogecoins, your... <laughs> Come Rocket, all these like <laughs> random and weird cryptocurrency projects, and they're pumping. Um, Dogelon Mars, like these aren't real projects that are actionable. Now, Dogecoin and Shiba Inu, they're driving adoption because obviously that's capturing the public's eye. And if you ask anybody, oh, I'm in Dogecoin, I'm in Dogecoin, which is great to a certain degree because hey, we are driving adoption. Um, but in the long run, people like that might get burned only because those aren't the 
quality projects. And so once we do get the resolution to this lawsuit, you're definitely going to see a shift. Yes. And those big institutions are going to put their money where they're allowed to put it. And if you say, hey, you can put your money next to our females, green lighted from the government, that's going to be dangerous. Yeah, that is actually, that's insane. I, I wasn't even really that aware of that uh, that lawsuit going on right now. And it, and it makes sense with what's going on right now. Just everything, that everything in this crypto space happens so fast. You're not really, I feel like if I spent 100% of my time to pay attention to it, I would be a lot more aware about what's going on. But I've, I 100% feel like I'm rolling the dice even a little bit. I mean, obviously I'm not putting everything in a Dogecoin, but like, it's just the way um, the way it's panning out so fast and like right in front of our eyes, there's a lot of money moving around. And I just want to, I definitely want to be aware of that. If I'm like trying to invest, if I'm trying to have a future for myself and my family, then I am going to like be aware of where all the money's flowing. And so it's great that you brought that up. What kind of, um, what, what are some other big cryptos that you are uh, into besides, I know everything's kind of like in a bear market right now, just the way it's gone, but I see your board right there. I see NER, NEAR, I see XRP. I see, you know, your big, uh, your big stars, dude. I just want you to explain the board to me and, yeah. uh, you know, help me out at least if nobody else is listening to this. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. So, I mean, I love to like just talk crypto. I love to kick game, but I like also like to provide value. So getting my hair cut last week, what was I doing? Putting my barber on my top 15 cryptos for this week. And I'll do the same right now. Um, so I'll obviously start off with a list. Um, number one, to be honest, like don't get me wrong. Ethereum should be number one, ideally. But based on what I just said to you, number one would be XRP. Um, number two would be XLM, which is Stellar Lumens. And it's really just a fork of XRP. So the creator of it, his name is Judd McCaleb, used to work at XRP and Ripple and helped create that. And then he just pretty much branched out and created Stellar Lumens. So both of those are going to be liquidity tokens used to pay remittances um, cross-border. Um, so honestly, this is part of the reason why I say 22 is going to be the biggest year for crypto is because those top two, XRP and XLM, a government slash country is going to adopt that as like their new digital payment standard. I honestly believe... I could be wrong, but here we go. 2022 prediction time. <laughs> uh, China's going to be, and we're going to have it recorded. So I love that. China's <laughs> going to be the first country to bring out that digital currency. So oh, they're yeah. probably going to do it at this Winter's Olympics. Um, I know I say winter, we're in January, but it is technically Winter Olympics for them. So they are going to go ahead and do that. They're going to bring out that process. The digital yuan should be kickstarted in Q1 22. That's going to pretty much create a spiral effect that everyone's going to come along and just ape in and say, all right, we have a central, central bank digital <laughs> currency. We have a digital currency. Um, because you're already seeing the infrastructure for it. So that's what XRP and XLM have done a great job. I, They've created so many partnerships overseas and in the emerging markets that for the U.S. people, like, we don't really see. That's why crypto Twitter is huge. I do want to uh, kind of tack on to that. The, yeah. China's always kind of always been ahead it seems like in this uh, space, even when you look back, you kind of think of like this Oculus, this metaverse uh, role we're kind of pushing into. I'm thinking all the way back to like the Wii and they, they had like the me world and they just like kind of had these, uh, like they had this projector, they had this idea, it seemed like 
way before anybody was able to even explain it. And then now you see Xbox, you see the Oculus, you see these different uh, video games moving to this, moving to this platform. And it's like, Oh my God, they've been spelling it out to us for a long time. Like before I even like, and then XRP and XLM for the currency for these uh, like for these big uh, platforms, it's like, that is so uh, refreshing is the word that came to my mind, but it's like, it's, um, it's just like enlightening to see it all happening right in front of you. It's kind of crazy. Oh yeah. And I mean, you're definitely spot on because they are absolutely ahead of us. Uh, to be honest, we're actually following them. So we've kind of provided them all the tools, technology, the infrastructure to really grow and become our challenger as like the world's superpower. So I do believe within this decade, we will see, you know, top dog status over to China. It's just going to be a natural circumstance. If they are going to be the first ones to release the digital currency, if they are going to become the new world reserve currency, it used to be the dollar. Um, multiple countries and smaller economies have seen how we utilize the dollar to manipulate certain situations to control smaller economies. The world's tired of it. The Fed knows it. I mean, China knows it. China's more open to it. it. They yeah. all know it. So they're tired of it. And that's why a change is being made before our eyes. And it's kind of like the greatest conspiracy against the people of the world. Like, <laughs> I know it sounds crazy, but I promise it's just going to unfold this way. Um, maybe it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Who knows? But I promise who it will. Um, let me continue to add to the list, though. So that was our top two XRP XLM. Like I just said, can't go wrong with those two. XLM will be used as peer-to-peer payment system. XRP will be used more behind the curtains, um, central bank to central bank. Now, number three would be Algorand. Number four would be XDC. So actually my top four, they're all ISO 222 compliant tokens. Now, what's ISO 222? Um, It's a new regulation, the regulatory system created by the World Economic Forum, International Monetary Fund. Essentially, it's going to be the new standard that banks move to in order to manage cross-border payments and just money in general. So currently, we use the SWIFT system. That's been the system we've known for quite a long time. If I just pin a picture for you, um, imagine I was sending you money through Bank of America, let's say. If you, you could deposit the money instantly, but they're getting their fee out of that. Don't, don't get that twisted. I believe it's like a 1% fee that they're, that's the new standard. And if I were just to send you money in crypto, I mean, you'd get it at the same time instantly, but I'm not paying that fee. Now you are going to somewhat pay a gas fee, depends on the blockchain you're using. Ethereum would definitely be the most costly, but someone like XRP, XLM, those are like virtually zero cost. So absolutely cheaper. And a lot of people don't realize this dilemma in the world. And this is why this ISO compliancy is becoming a thing. There's $200 trillion worth of assets managed like by central banks that they can't necessarily move every single day. So the current system is set where you can execute only five trades. And on those five trades, the maximum amount you can move is $500 million. $500 million versus $200 trillion worth of assets. First step, once we do move over to cryptocurrencies, obviously it allows us to move money with no, there is no cap. We can always move money. It's going to be instant. So you're going to definitely see just liquidity and market caps and volume spike up. Algorand, XDC, those are definitely going to be applied in terms of maybe from a central bank side and even from a more so government side in terms of Federal Reserve, because those are going to be like the public and private blockchain that you can utilize to execute smart contracts, but at the same time, host them privately. So what I mean by that is 
let's take a dive into let's say the future three years forward in time. Um, we are, I truly believe, and this probably happened this year, we're moving to the digital dollar. There is no need for cash. Um, oh, COVID yeah. definitely killed that. That was part of the global reset. So <laughs> think about this. When you're a business, let's just say you're a restaurant. A lot of your customers can pay you in cash, all right? So let's say my bill was $15. I'll pay $20. I don't have to tip. Of course, you're going to tip. But let's just say in this case, you don't have to tip. Um, I give you $20. I say, hold on to it. Now, what you can do is, you can put the 15 and pocket five because it's cash. So, I mean, no, there's not really any way to, to really enforce that. Or, you know, you could pay the 15, you really could pay the 20 and you're going to pay the requisite taxes on that. So that's what governments kind of want by instituting this new CBDC central bank digital currency um, because they're able to get complete oversight over everything. What Every was that CBC? How did you, how CBDC, do you? Uh... Central bank digital currency. Okay, CDBC, okay. So they're going to be able to prop up the economy. They're going to be able to really get it kickstarted again in the event, which I do believe will happen, that there is another crisis or a crash event, which definitely is coming this year. So they're able to go ahead and airdrop your money. So think about your stimulus check. Instead of you receiving a direct deposit, even possibly receiving that check in the mail for $1,200, they're able just to airdrop it to you. They're just, boom, like your phone, airdrop, boom. You can do that same thing with money. Now, the catch is, because sounds great. Oh, yeah, let's get this coming because they're going to be able to give us money whenever we need it. The catch is what they're going to be able to do is they're going to be able to program your money. So they can put an expiration date of three months on it. So you have this $1,200 for three months, but you can't save it. You have to spend it. Otherwise, it just disappears. <laughs> so that same money that just came to you out of thin air, they can also take it away and make it into thin air. So that's how you stimulate the economy. Yeah. You give someone a spending limit and you say hey you have x amount of time to spend it otherwise it's gone what are you going to do you're absolutely going to use it that's that addiction how we stimulate economies again this is the power of cryptocurrencies because i know we're going through a strong period of inflation right now i mean shoot you think about five years ago if you took 20 dollars to the grocery store i can probably load up you know a nice little little shopping uh not cart but probably those bags yeah there's a little um those recyclable bag things, you can probably fill up one of those. Exactly. But can I do that now with $20? I'm oh, probably fuck. getting three things max and I'm out. So absolutely not. Crypto is going to bring deflation back to the game. That's how they kind of reset where we're at right now. Um, but these are kind of like the, the, de- the details from the demo right there. <laughs> All right. Uh, do you want to finish that list? Because I do. I want you yeah. to finish that list. And then I want to get us. I kind of want to get into uh, some conspiracy uh ideas oh, i love that <laughs> okay. yeah so those four um honestly easily be an issue let me the starting off the top five so your ethereum xrp xlm algorand xdc so those are five all right next five we'll go with your layer one blockchains so your polka dot your cardano solana avalanche luna or aka terra those five are layer one blockchains so if you don't necessarily believe in Ethereum and it's too pricey for you to use because of gas fees, um, because of congestion on that Ethereum network. Those other five networks definitely are low cost, high throughput. And despite you might give away some decentralization to more central authorities in terms of Solana and Avalanche, at the same time for new users, someone that doesn't want to pay $50 every transaction, you could honestly opt for like, let's say 10 cents, 20 cents a transaction. Yeah, that's a massive game changer, and you're absolutely going to go ahead and use that. 
So that would be the next five. That rounds now, out with those, with those uh, gas fees, is it, do you find that it's, um, fast, it's a faster transaction? Because sometimes I'm sitting there waiting for this transaction to go by and it's like, a, you know, I, I only paid like the 10 cents or I did like, I'm trying to do like a free uh, gas, free transaction. It's like mm-hmm. 24 hours sometimes and I am, and it's stuck in that loop, that blockchain. With the gas fees, do you feel like you're, uh, you're definitely passing by? With these that I just gave you, you won't have that problem. That's honestly only going to exist on Bitcoin and Ethereum. And that's why um, you really saw the growth of cryptocurrencies from, let's say, those top two dogs to 15,000 plus that we have now. Um, so, yes, I mean, gas fees have like the cons in that sense. But with those blockchains I gave you, they're definitely focused on scalability um, and definitely security. So should be good there. And then to round out the last five, Ethereum. Aurora, or excuse me, near Aurora, those two are going to be huge. Those are my biggest plays for 22. Honestly, you want to talk about using Aurora instead of using Ethereum because you can honestly transfer over your Ethereum-based assets onto the Aurora blockchain. Why would I do that? Aurora is gasless. You don't pay a gas fee. So being an early adopter, it's free. I can send my money anywhere I want, free. I can play in DeFi, which is like, you know, providing liquidity, staking, yield farming do it all for free so that's why those two are going to be huge near aurora final three we'll go with v chain let me look back at my list you got your v chain you got your chain link and lastly v chain chain link and i'm just trying to think that'd be it yeah that would honestly be it dude that is super exciting i'm glad i'm getting this out in the 2022 when it all before it all unfolds before my eyes, <laughs> what I'm finding is a lot of the, uh, all right, I'm switching gears here. I want to go talk about this whole 2022, what we, what else we're seeing. Let's do it. I'm, I'm seeing a lot of people really not uh, going into, I mean, obviously we're, we're both in Florida right now, not really falling for anymore, not falling for, falling for is a bad word. I wouldn't, I didn't mean to say it like that, but going for this, uh, coronavirus omicron how many variants are we going to have like how scared should i be and all this other uh you know takes that you know have kind of been taking over a lot of people's minds for a long time now what do you what what do you see this future uh kind of reset kind of crash coming next what do you what do you kind of think this next conspiratorial uh dilemma we're going to be into yeah it's a great question um for me personally this next crash that's coming, they're, they're definitely fueling the headlines behind it, and they're already driving the narrative of Omicron and these variants. Honestly, I'm at the point where if you keep falling for like this news, like, come on, man, they, you can't, <laughs> can't keep falling for the same tricks. So they had COVID, we had, I guess, a Delta variant. Now we're at Omicron. Who knows? Tomorrow we're at Alpha. <laughs> who, who knows? Who cares? Because at the point, vaxxers, people that believe in the vaccine are starting to think just like anti-vaxxers, like, yo, this shit don't work because I'm scared of you that's not vaccinated, but why should you be if you've already been vaccinated? That's that's besides the point. (laughs) That is definitely going to fuel this narrative into the next crash, Um, and it's really going to allow crypto to take over. So I think the two are so interconnected, it's kind of unreal, but it's kind of like the perfect tool, man. Um, Honestly, if you look at the yeah. new James Bond movie, it kind of reminds me exactly of COVID. You get all these people bunched up and you can kind of just like turn up, flip the switch and turn it on. And now everyone's got COVID. So that's what's very interesting to me is now 
everyone that is vaccinated, when they all like collect together, I was, I just experienced this phenomenon at Art Basel in Miami. Um, I was honestly with everybody. Everyone that was, I was with was vaccinated, except for me. <laughs> everyone was sick after for a solid week. I was too, don't get me wrong, but the fact that I'm on the same like playing field as you and you are vaccinated, I was like, bro, I'm doing it right. Like there's Dude. no need for two <laughs> vaccines. There's no need for a booster because your your body is literally designed to continue to adapt and improve itself. Survival of the fittest. So I know Absolutely. that's strong Darwinism and almost can be like insensitive. Like, sure, I hear you, but that's how it's been since the start of time and it's not really going to change. Yeah, the choices are just like, you know, they're still mine to make. I can't be, I'm not letting any outside influence, especially something so crazy as this. So the vis like, divisible like everything is divisive about this uh you know hot everything. topic and um you take you take one wrong step and all of a sudden you lose like 10 friends it's kind of crazy how that works but losing i think and finding peace <laughs> sounds like a fair trade to me man yes sir <laughs> dude the um a lot of conspiracies i'm i am deep into this twitter kind of area right now and a lot of the headline or a lot of the things that people are saying and you know it's just it's hard to believe until you know it'll actually happen which i don't i'm not saying it's going to happen or anything but i'm hearing that one thing that will divide us or bring us closer together is this um you know uh it's like a fake alien invasion what they call it is project blue beam where they have basically a um (laughs) a sort of just alien takeover that's going to put everybody make sure everybody's just locked out into their homes and you know once we get to that point i am really uh gonna start being uh suspenseful like very judgmental of some of my friends if we're going down that rabbit hole so i haven't heard of it uh, i haven't heard of the name or i really haven't heard it associated with let's say aliens in this case but I definitely have been preparing for like a Q1 event. Might honestly spill a little bit over into Q2, but definitely an event where they He's get good. you back inside your homes. That's probably what's going to feed into like that crash I'm talking about. So absolutely, I'm kind of I'm on the same page with you in terms of the event and the result of it getting people to stay in home. How it gets executed, I honestly don't know, but I definitely am anticipating something just like that. As long as you're freaking like expecting something or you know ready for another crash ready to you know preparing for the worst and just hoping for the best that is like you know the best place to be as far as money wise as far as being competent you know it sucks to be on these roller coaster rides of just like money but this is like this is unfortunately how it seems like how you get to the top of the mountain of like how where you see the kingdom where you you know these uh roller coaster these emotional like investments that you're making is like right along with your money it is like it's just part of the journey it seems like into turning into you know the man you always want to be or something like that yeah i don't necessarily correlate money with the man i want to be because at the end of the day the man i want to be is just someone that's always helpful um i actually have three core values i think you just ask them what their three main core values are you'll see how long it maybe takes them to get them off um, but mine would be essentially integrity, credibility, and humility. Those are my top three, always. Um, so I'm always just trying to, like, give back. Um, doesn't matter about money. So even if I'm Jeff Bezos, even if I'm on the side of the road, you know, 
asking for money. Always trying to help in a way that we possibly can. And I don't think money is going to be the driver that gets you there. Although I will say getting your money up definitely puts you in a position to help others because everyone's got different sorts of problems. And in some ways their problems might be financial. So, and it doesn't have to necessarily be direct as well. Like I don't have to give you money in terms of helping you with like money as a whole, because you might have, let's say money problems where I'm making, I don't know, $4,000 a month, but here I go blowing $6,000 a month. Um, <laughs> you definitely got to work on that budgeting structure, which I definitely have. Um, I have, my one best friend, he's like my brother. I've definitely known him since seventh grade. And that's my guy. We're close. You can ask him. Um, actually, you probably wouldn't be able to because no one even knows who he is. But <laughs> I, I'm an asshole when I come to like helping people with finances. Not a financial advisor, but if you want to be helped, you're going to be fully transparent. So this man really just had to show me every time he got paid, how much he had, we would budget out. How much can we spend? How much would I have? freely available just in case an emergency situation and just really taking that ownership honestly just for a month like 30 days um it makes you want to do it for the 90 days so once you do it to the 90 days bro it just becomes ingrained and it becomes just a natural habit almost like breathing almost like riding a bike like driving a car you just pick up and you get it done um and i think yeah. that's where we need to direct more of the help and the attention to is just being smart with your money like Everyone, this goes back to the social media thing. Everyone's about this culture now where it's like, I got to flex on this person, I got to flex on that. Now, don't get me wrong. You can still like nice things. Like I do, I'm the same way. I like a Louis, like I like a Louis bag every now and then or something like that. That's yeah. okay. But don't just be spending money to like show up on other people because then you're always going to be losing because there's always going to be someone out there that has more than you. Um, Absolutely. Perfect person that echoes that sentiment all the way. J. Cole, um, Love Yours, 2014 Forest Hills Drive, one of my favorite albums of all time, if not my favorite one. Um, there's always going to be oh, someone yeah. rocking some clothes fresher than yours, always going to be a whip better than yours, there's always going to be a bitch better than yours. You can't, you can't be in that mentality of flex or got to do this to live up to these like social no, signals dude. and whatnot. Like, dude, just do you. Just 100%, do you. man. 100%. I absolutely agree with that. It's like, and how long are you going to be living in their head? You're not living in their head that long, dude. You got to live in your head forever. So try exactly. to like, you know, be okay with who you are and how, how you live your life. You shouldn't, I, I've definitely struggled with this before where I've, I'm so worried. Everyone has. I yeah, as well. Where I'm just like, so worried about how um, everyone else sees me or what, like, you know, their perspective of me, but it's like, dude, it's like five seconds and you know what? It's over. If you can just like, if you are okay with your decisions, how you live your life, how, you know, how you want to, you know, animate yourself or how, how you present yourself, then you're fine. <laughs> like that, that's the biggest, that's the biggest part. That's the biggest part about, you know, doing all these, uh, all these extracurriculars, man. It's and that's fun. like my internal conflict right there is that all right, I'm posting about crypto. I'm talking about all this and, some people did listen, and I love the people that listen. Like, you guys believed in me, and I'm going to believe in you guys just as a token of that. But then there's the other people that feel like they're missed out, and I feel bad, like, posting about cryptos and whatnot because, like, it's like oh, this guy's just bragging or flexing. Like, no, the whole goal of it is what I was saying earlier. Try to help push it forward and get it back under your plate. Why? Because when we're in 2025, 
we're going to look at the people that are here now, 2022, 2020, 2021. Like, yo, you guys were early to the game. And that's how I look at the people back from 2017. Damn, you guys were in crypto. You were early to the game. And that's how they look at the people back in 2013. So as you can see, it only is maturing. And yet we're still looking back at people like, yo, you were early. (laughs) There's so much runway. And that's the only reason why I do the things I do. Because I'm just trying to not push push mass adoption. Because it's coming either way, regardless. No, I'm just trying to help everyone put themselves in a, in a position so when that mass adoption does come, you're in a position to take advantage of that because what is coming is dependency on the government, is dependency on that CBDC. So if you can put yourself in a position now where you kind of remove yourself from that, oh, that's going to be powerful. I would personally love that because in the future and why they're developing this metaverse is because a lot of people are about to go in the metaverse and not really too sure that they're about to come out. Um, it's going to be more profitable to be in the metaverse based on like these play to earn games that are coming out. And honestly, like, you can already work in the metaverse. That's just crazy. You could have done that last year as a matter of fact. Um, the Central Land, Atari, they have a collaboration. They have an Atari casino. They were already hiring people to work in that Atari casino last year. So oh my God. metaverse is a huge narrative. I don't think it's coming out necessarily anytime soon. Um, but if you look at like the Oculus Quest purchases, um, they've just been flying metaverse is definitely something that's here to stay they're making that matrix a lot of people are about to go in there man and if you're going to go into the matrix you're going to go into the metaverse think about how you're about to pay for stuff you're not about to use a physical dollar because you're not even physical anymore no absolutely going to be that digital currency or that cryptocurrency that is absolutely insane and the and something you said earlier in this podcast was the uh you know this digital currency like people don't even have like they're not using the dollar just like how you're just saying right now again you're reiterating it but they have like you don't even see wallets anymore you just see phones and they have the cards on it and you just kind of you don't like what do you what else do you need you really don't need any of that stuff that i only carry my wallet for my ip otherwise i have my phone it's got my cards on it it's got apple pay somehow some way i'll be able to get you money if exactly exactly and it's like that uh connection it's like how how do you want your life to be lived? Do you want to live in this sort of fun land metaverse place where it's like, you know, uh, I'm going to make more money or I'm going to, you know, be incentivized to definitely go into this uh, Oculus chamber, this matrix, you know, uh, pod <laughs> and, you know, I could, and, you know, you'll have fun or something, but the people that, you know, just want to you know find this spiritual journey there's this other there's a whole other narrative that you know it's like i also you know want to just be fulfilled and i i want like i think i can do fine here like i i think i want to try so it's like it's very interesting we'll see how long somebody goes in the oculus most people i mean some at some point it doesn't seem like doesn't seem too far-fetched to just stay there forever if you can live longer or something but that's crazy i think what that is like once you go in, and this is why I say you're not going to want to come out. So let's look at technology and kind of the evolution, of it, right? Over time, the human attention spans only decrease. That's <laughs> only being supplemented by the fact that our technology is commanding all of our attention. Think about your phone. Like, that's why they have like that screen time that you get every single week. One, it's probably upticking. And if not, good for you. But two, <laughs> it knows, hey, like, I'm here a lot. My social media feeds, 
um, my tech, all my conversations, whatever, my banking, everything's on my phone. So naturally, I'm always going to be on my phone. Your dopamine receptors are firing, firing. Think about when you go to the metaverse, you're actually submerged in this very realistically feeling world. Obviously, it's not real, but you're going to feel like it is. Your dopamine receptors are going to be firing. Think about kids nowadays. So this is one thing I told my parents. You can honestly find the next rotation of investments by looking at the current generation or the current youth. So I'm looking at my little cousins now, um, everywhere from three to 10. And bro, they're so fluent in technology. Like three-year-old, two-year-old that's able to go through YouTube videos and pick the next video fast forward. Like, yo, like when you do get to the point of like 22, 23, you're going to be coding just off instinct. So that's going to be powerful. But you know, from a young age, your attention span's already getting decimated because you're in Minecraft, you're in Fortnite, you're just playing these games that are actively and always consistently just stimulating your brain. And what do you, you want? If, you if want you don't to... think the metaverse is going to do that? You're insane. So <laughs> obviously, we don't have any studies. I'm sure they're probably working on this behind the curtains, but we don't have any studies on when to remove people from those situations. So I think it was like a I think it was a Black Mirror episode. So Black Mirror does a great job. And honestly, Hollywood in general does a great job of kind of just forecasting the future. So if you look at something like The Matrix, Ready Player One, definitely shows you like right. that metaverse and kind of the state of affairs that we're eventually going to be in. But then also, bro, like, oh my God, dude, just, people are going to be hooked. And I mean, it's just going to continue and continue and continue. So, dude, and it's RP so yeah it's crazy it's all instinctual because it's all directly it's all links to the brain the serotonin the dopamine levels that you just want like as a kid especially if you're chasing that or you that's what you want to do like what's going to stop you there's <laughs> nobody's no. telling you no to, no to that that's exactly what you need or that's exactly what you think you need and then that's uh, the thing. parents push it on their kids because like your kids like crying and complaining and whatnot what am i going to do Here's your iPad. Here's your Nintendo Switch. Be quiet. Like, <laughs> terrible mindset. But that's no. exactly what happens. Yeah, it's not parents anymore. It's more just like a, a giver. A uh, you know, a, not it's a caregiver. Yeah, very, um, very. You know, it's hard to watch sometimes. But you know, um, if that's the way it's going. Take advantage. <laughs> Absolutely. That's the other part of this. So. Um, where, where are you where are you based out of right now so right now um i'm back in florida i would say i'm in like the naples area right now um i'm kind of in a very indecisive point i just don't know where i want to go um whether that's miami stay here maybe even tampa but tampa's too much for me man <laughs> <laughs> i mean granted miami is too but at the same time they're really driving to become like the crypto capital of the world and so I feel like just positioning myself like there now before like venture capital firms really start migrating there before developers and innovators and honestly just um, influencers in the space start really migrating there. I feel like that would definitely be a, a W, although, like I said earlier with inflation, real estate prices are so inflated. And that was kind of like my whole thesis um, for selling early in the year or earlier in the year on my old crib is just because I thought we were nearing or at the top of the market. Obviously, I was wrong because we kind of just kept going a little bit. But yeah. once that period, um, that crash happens and everything kind of unfolds, that's when we'll really dive into like where I'll be based on. Real estate. But right now, no clue. 
well dude it's still exciting like even living in florida here like you you pick a place i feel like just picking a place now obviously it's very pushed from some of our mutual friends because they're all in the real estate right now but like you buy a place now i feel like it's we're not going to hit that crash in florida for like maybe 2025 just because it could be a while and that's also partially the reason why and i mean obviously for like tax reasons as well but definitely been working on like the dual citizenship front um i don't know man like we're the last free country but at the same time like that's eventually gonna fall so i'm even just trying to position myself to you know kind of evade that not you know tax evasion but i'm saying like just evade like <laughs> the terrible situations um a country that i have thought about you know i thought i used to be 50 percent of this ethnicity but i'm actually 25 that's why i'm teriyaki pop because just found out I'm a quarter Chinese. However, I'm also a quarter Panamanian. So definitely been exploring Panama as a viable option. Um, fun fact, they have across the board a strict 10% capital gains tax. So short-term, long-term doesn't really matter. It's 10%. United matter. States, if it's short-term, it's almost going to be 40%. And if it's long-term, it's definitely going to be 20%. Yeah. Now, with Biden in office, um, part of this new infrastructure plan this build back better whatever whatever it is taxes are definitely going to go up and they only have been so you know your gas for example that's like a silent tax almost rent's been going up um payment really hasn't been going up so you know they're silently taxing you um inflation is 1000 percent a man-made creation um so i'm trying to just remove myself from taking as many l's as i can like the l is inevitable but if i can reduce the magnitude of the l perfect that is, yeah, and that's also a very big thing to consider. It's like how you can say we're the last free, United States, the last free country in the world, but like how free are we getting now? We're getting a lot less freer than we were about 10 years, 20 years ago. And it seems to be on the decline. So checking out and, you know, definitely exploring other options. Panama does not sound bad at all. I actually want to do like a, uh, I want to, want to check it out like with the panama canal i want to do like one of those cruises around there i think that would be really cool um i'm making a safe haven for the boys so you got a spot sure oh thank you bro bless bless i really appreciate that what uh what is the hat what what kind of hat is that what does it represent is that the moon yeah so this is actually my company i work for now Um, we're token metrics so we are an artificial intelligence and machine learning company that's aiming to essentially level the playing field between retail investors that carry you and myself um, versus the tools that big hedge funds and private equity firms and VCs normally have. So on-chain analytics, um, quantitative data, um, we're essentially just simplifying the art of investing. So everyone understands like a grade school system where a 95, you got an A, a 85, you got a B, so on and so forth. And we're doing something similar with investing. So we're taking this artificial intelligence machine learning. We're running through over 75 plus data price points. And we're essentially spitting out a very simple to understand grade um, everywhere from zero to 99%. And, you know, I know that a 93 is better than a 77. So if it came down to it. Those are the top two options. I'm going to go with the 93%. And if I'm being honest with you, our company does a great job of capturing projects early. So Anything that we grade out with a 99% grade has done a minimum of a 3x. So Solana, Terra, Voyager Token, Ferrum Network, Elrond, um, you mean, you name it. If it was there and it was 99%, it's gone crazy. I already had it. Um, Damn. 
So it was a mission. Um, we're aiming to bring economic empowerment to all of humanity. We really want to level the playing field. We want to make sure that everyone's profitable. Everyone can make money. Um, we our, our founder and CEO, Ian Bellina, shout out to my, my dude. He's holding it down. Um, he's actually a native from Uganda. That's where he actually was born. Um, immigrated to the United States with his family. Didn't necessarily have all the financial resources. So he's a very driven person, very entrepreneurial. Um, always been about his grind and his craft and essentially did it for himself. Um, back in 2017, he created a spreadsheet tracking, tracking all of his investments. So these are all cryptocurrencies at the time. He had become the biggest YouTuber in terms of crypto because um, everyone was following on. This was like a public Excel sheet on Google Doc, essentially, where everyone was just copying the trades and just following along. Wow. So he went ahead and took $20,000, turned it to almost $5 million, or he actually did turn it into $5 million. Um, at the peak of the bull run and then cashed out. And then eventually that same spreadsheet model, um, the aim of that was pretty much leverage into creating token metrics. So I actually had, I've almost been here for a year now. Technically I have been because started in January of last year, but more so towards the end of the month. Um, funny story about how I started here was I was a follower on YouTube. I was in the crypto space. I'm still working for my old company, Neo Genomics, which is a cancer oncology reference laboratory. So I was running I was doing client services there and I was just following token metrics on YouTube. And at one point he was just like, Hey, we're looking for a customer, customer success um, representative. If anybody out there knows of someone or wants to potentially like apply, like just drop an email. I promise you, I don't even have like the, the post notifications on, but I had probably watched that video within the same minute it was posted. And two minutes later, I had already sent my resume and application. And he hit me back up five minutes later, like, yo, man, here you go. Uh, we have this interview set, blah, blah, blah. I went through three rounds. Shout out to everyone I met on those three rounds. Syra, Sai, Ian. Um, definitely a great time working with all of them still today. And they're just only helping, helping me grow, but then they're helping the whole community grow. So definitely a very powerful aim and a very powerful mission statement that we have. And we definitely are looking to execute on that. Dude, that is so exciting. That is a really good story with uh, token metrics and it's been two years. What are you, uh, what are you working on them with them now as? Are yeah. You so at first I had came on as a customer success representative. Um, last quarter I had moved up to customer success manager. And so right now I'm working on just like overseeing our whole customer success team. I'm making sure we're running efficiently, running smoothly. We're getting onto everyone's queries or any issues in a very, reasonable time frame, but on top of that, just continuously innovating as well. Um, just finding new opportunities to really just go ahead and further the offerings that we give to customers, um, not even just the customers, but prospective customers or just people in the space. Um, on top of that, I would say like I host like our customer onboarding webinars. So that's every Tuesday from 4 p.m. Eastern to 5.30 p.m. Eastern. Um, it's actually open to everybody. So if you guys, if anyone out there is ever interested, send me up, I'll definitely provide you a link. Um, but essentially, we just run through our whole platform, give the whole demonstration, and then also provide like our personal takes on the market. So in a way, I do like a weekly market update or just what my convictions are going forward for the week, but then also positions that I've gotten into. So really just trying to drive um, adoption. A lot of the customers we get or a lot of the questions we get from people that are not necessarily super well versed in the crypto. So I just really just try to help people, man. That's that's all I care about is helping. Um, when I, we were at DecentraCon in Miami last month for our Basel. Um, and it was just crazy, like the amount of energy and perception we were getting, because it was the first time we held a booth. 
Um, shout out to my boy Zach because it was the only person I was there with in the booth um, for two <laughs> days straight. We didn't take breaks. We didn't eat. We were just grinding, man. And it was just awesome. The amount of energy that people came to us with in terms of just learning about token metrics. But then they stayed. And the reason why they stayed was because we were just giving them so much game, just giving them all the knowledge that we had in crypto that they just wanted to stay around and really just absorb that. So that kind of energy, that kind of vibe, that's what fuels me. And that's what fuels us as a company to continue delivering what we're delivering. Dude, that is incredible. Just you two in the uh, booth. I saw you've been to Miami for those. That's why, you know, Miami wants to be that crypto space so badly is because they're, they're hosting so many other things there. It's not just like, Oh, we just want to be it. Everybody wants to be, you know, on top of the top of the mountain, but you know, hosting events like this is super, like super exciting in a time like this. Oh yeah. And you meet so many great people through it too. So I made connections at near protocol. I've made connections on other blockchain projects um, where we all help each other as a community. So you were saying earlier, like it's so much, there's so much to learn in crypto. And there, there really are so many avenues that it's kind of hard to master everything. You really can't be a master of everything. Um, you have crypto as, you know, the base layer, but you really have like your NFTs, you have decentralized finance, um, play to earn gaming now is becoming a new narrative. So you're, you're getting a lot of these new ecosystems and a lot of new plays. Just be, if I'm a well-versed DeFi guy, I know how to yield form, I know how to find arbitrage opportunities. I might not be the most well-versed NFT guy. So knowing someone or having a friend that, you know, they're super well-versed in NFTs, or we can, what we consider called trading alpha. Um, I'm giving, I'm putting you on game and you're putting me on game. That's something I've been exposed to, especially since Miami, because just, I mean, honestly, man, I'm not even trying to brag here, but just like hanging around with all these millionaires and billionaires, just seeing how their mind works and like, I guess one comment that I continue to hear and something I loved was, yo, your mentality, man, like you're on this like same pace. So like, I don't look at age and it's, that's why I love crypto, man. Like I'm, I'm here 26 years old and sitting here talking at a table with 45 year olds, 50 year olds, mid 30 year olds. It's completely different. Like, you know, they might be from Seattle, Washington. And here I am from Florida. Or they might be from Dubai. And here I am from Florida. Like it doesn't matter, but you know, the one thing that carries over it, is like that common language is just mentality mindset and just your drive so i feel like i'm a very emotional person or passionate person when i speak and i guess that carried over to some people and just making those connections and the ability to continue to foster and grow and find other like-minded people um definitely helps when we're trying to create a global community so shout out to everyone i met in our basel in miami um i'm gonna definitely continue to spread the positive word about you guys but then also take everything you guys provided me and share with everyone else because that's the only way we all continue to grow dude that is so exciting and that's that brings you right back to that humanity uh pushing the humanity forward because we want you know that's that's all this is about it's always always been about with this crypto space and everything you always get the same energy with that oh i want you know i want to help this person out i want to help the world out and you know this freedom this freedom from the shackles of you know a 40 year career at a desk, you know, it's not, uh, it's not helping. It, it's, it feels like it's not influencing. It's not bringing family units together. It's not helping the long-term uh, humanity right. goal. No, I mean, that's, that's just what you're saying. So I don't like to call it modern day slavery, but essentially in a way that's how it is. So we're painted this ideal that you no know, freedom, everyone has a right to freedom. However, we create so many roadblocks 
roadblocks in the way that there is no such thing as freedom because sure it's free to live but is it free to eat no is it free to drink water no is it free to live somewhere no um so in a, in a sense um you're doing one of two things you either have money or you either have time you don't have one or one way or another you're trading one for the other so everyone that goes to work every day so majority of this world everyone does their nine to five everyone works their 40 hour week so what are you doing you're trading your time for money because you need the money um you're almost in a way like a slave to the money i don't like to say that but in a way you're a slave to the money because you need that otherwise you can't survive you can't pay that car bill that you have you can't pay that monthly rent that you have these are and this is why I say it's important to manage your finances and really minimize the amount of bills you have, or let's just say things that eat away from your purchasing power, because all that purchasing power allows you to build that cushion, allows you to really get away from that. So that's something that I feel like today's culture that doesn't necessarily do that because we're all about that flex mentality where, hey, like I have a thousand dollars in my bank account, sure, I could invest that into crypto, but then again, I can go buy that two thousand dollar. Um, Yves Saint Laurent jacket, and I'll be flexing, and then I only owe a thousand dollars. That's not really it, man. You know, you gotta be free, so that way you can be you, and there is no parameters or no handcuffs to you being the person that you ultimately are gonna be. Dude, I just want to. So, calling back earlier, that that whole point that you just said is exactly spelling out what you know what crypto is and why you know it's so important this investment, this whole idea of investing is so foreign to, you know, the instant gratification world that we're in right now. Um, it's really hard to watch, really hard to see people learning this for the first time. And I feel like it would be really beneficial for them if they have, so how do they hit you up about these weekly meetings that you have for token metrics? Uh, like what's an email that they reach you or how do how do people get in contact with you? Yeah, um, honestly, keep it pretty simple. Just use my real name. So Alejandro.Bonilla at tokenmetrics.com. Uh, go ahead and send anything through or even reach out to us through the Token Metrics platform. Um, and we'll definitely get back to you. My, my support team is A1. Um, shout out to my boys, Abed, Chase, Daniel, Carlo, Ryan. We absolutely kill it day in and day out. So we'll be right there. You hit us up probably within 30 minutes. You hit us right back. Oh, yeah, Gondro. You're the man. Um, appreciate you for having me of course yeah this was just this is an hour um we can we can keep going obviously i do want to catch up on these football games and you know talk some more trash to everybody but um (laughs) dude you're you absolutely killed this thank you so much for uh you know coming on man i appreciate you my man thank you for giving not only the platform for me to speak but really just to help others if if it only hits one person and it helps out one person, I'm glad because that's the only thing I care about, man. Dude. So I really thank you. And what you're aiming to do, I love it. Bro, it's all about, you know, bringing humanity together, bro. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm going to shut it off. <laughs>